Episode 106 is here with Hannah Blaylock, everybody, the singer-songwriter, country music artist from, well, born in Alaska, lived in Arkansas growing up, and is making a pit stop here in Cleveland, although she's been to Nashville and several other cities in between. But she's living here in Cleveland for the time being with her husband, who's got a uh, great career professional opportunity here and she was kind enough to join us we just talk about country music life her path uh the mentality and the mindset that goes into all the music and, and continuing to just chase your dreams and uh had a fantastic 30 minute conversation with hannah check her out at hannah blaylock online um her social media is connected in the show notes Please continue to share the episodes, everybody. Subscribe. We're growing. Happy 2020, everyone. And uh, really appreciate the continued support. Again, subscribe, share, rate the podcast five stars, and uh, greatly appreciate that. And with that said, as always, everybody, please sit back, relax, and welcome the one and only Hannah Blaylock. The Optimal Life. Hannah, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for taking time to be on. Um, I, I came across you. Actually, I came across you, I think it was on an Instagram post. I saw you at Poor Cleveland. Yeah, I love that place. That's my favorite coffee shop downtown. It's great, isn't it? Yes, it's really great. Actually, I really like the vibe. The people are always really nice and the coffee rules. It's it's so different. It's so unique. It's, it's really different for Cleveland. And in fact, the guy who owns it, Charlie Eisenstadt, I don't know if you know who that is. Um, but he uh, he's been on the podcast before as well. He's one of my brother's best friends growing up. Oh, nice! Actually, I'm friends with a guy that's from here that I met when my husband and I moved here to Cleveland this, this past year, and we were having kind of like a white elephant friends Christmas belated Christmas party, and he was telling me all about him. And I guess he knows my other friend too, so he's he's in the community for real. That's what I love about Cleveland. It's like. Um, people are from here and they're born and raised here and they stay here and they have their families and their friends and it's, it's really cool to be living in a city that's that's like that because I've, I've lived in Nashville and Los Angeles and everyone's a transplant you know so right, exactly. it, it creates a different culture and it's been really fun to be a part of that and also you know everyone's from here and I'm, I'm new and everyone's still very welcoming like they're all really excited that my husband and I have I've come here for a season of time and that we're experiencing this city. So it's the best of both worlds, in my opinion. That's beautiful. No, that's that Midwest feel, you know. It's different than Nashville. It's different than a big city like L.A. or, or Miami. It, it's uh, it's a family-oriented feel, so I'm glad that you feel that way. Um, yeah, we've really enjoyed it. And, and that actually is my question. I'm, I'm looking at your bio, and I, I know that you were born in Alaska and grew up in Arkansas. So it's like my... my one question that comes to mind right off the bat is how does a country music artist born in Alaska grow up in Arkansas end up in Cleveland, Ohio? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm actually here um, in support for my husband. Um, my husband and I met in Nashville. Uh, we both moved there individually in 2007, met in 2008. So we've been together for a long time and he supported me through record deals and touring and all the craziness that comes with the music business, our entire relationship. And he got this amazing opportunity with his career to come out here for a season of time. And I said, we have to take it. This is the coolest opportunity you've ever been given. So um, luckily, it's a quick 45-minute flight to go back to Nashville. And over the years, my family actually moved to Nashville. So Nashville is where we ultimately call home. 
But both my husband and I are adventure seekers, and we love to experience life to the fullest. And so we've just come to Cleveland with open hearts and open minds, and it's really showed us some amazing experiences thus far. And it's been really fun watching my person and my soulmate just, like, thrive in what he does and kick ass at that. So it's been, it's definitely not something I ever would expect to happen in our journey, but it's been a pleasant surprise. Wow, for that's sure. amazing. That's that's incredible. It's so funny how life works. You never know where you're going to be. And that's it's it. so true. Like, you you've probably didn't even know what Cle- where Cleveland was. I mean. <laughs> well, I actually came here and toured a good bit. Mm-hmm. Um so the Northeast and the Midwest were, back when I was in, I used to be in a commercial country trio. Um, I, I've been playing music my whole life. I started, um, this band kind of developed from a group of my, my parents and a family friend back in Arkansas. And then some younger folks joined, and me and the younger folks moved to Nashville and became a trio and got into commercial country music, and we toured all the time. And this part of the country was where we got the most traction with our music. So I was up here a good bit, but... When you are on tour, you don't get to see a city, really. You get to see a rental car or an airport or a hotel room or a venue, and then you go to the next city. So I do feel like I've gotten to experience Cleveland like for what it really is for the first time ever, which has been nice. Oh, that's beautiful. So <clears throat> you were on tour. You, you, had, you used to have a band, and then you went solo several years ago, correct? Yeah, okay. right. And, and so your solo debut album is entitled... Bandit Queen. What what in the world is Bandit Queen? What is that? <laughs> what is Bandit Queen? Um, Bandit Queen is the title track of um, the album. I made it in Austin. Um, I'd been in a band my whole life, and it was it was kind of intimidating for me. I, I just like what we were talking about earlier. Never know what life is going to um, turn into. I never expected to not be in a band, and I just knew that I wanted to keep performing and making music and being creative. And I got this amazing opportunity. I met, um, I, I got connected with the Dixie Chick sisters. Um, so it's Emily and Marty, um, the fiddle player, and then the utility player. She plays the banjo and the guitar and all these other badass instruments. Um, long story short, I was. Um, By the way, I, I love them. Wide Open Spaces, one of my favorite country songs. Just Oh, yeah, totally. Note. Definitely yeah. like metal, my middle school anthem and all the talent. Stuff. That was like <laughs> exactly. my world. So the, Dixie, exactly. the Dixie Chicks are the reason why. I decided I wanted to really go for country music as an industry wow. um, because of that band alone. So then for it to come full circle and for me to be connected with them, I started writing with them and I thought I was going to be writing for their duo and they ended up giving me an amazing opportunity to record a record. And, you know, I'd been writing all these songs, so I collected a bunch of songs um, and we recorded them in Austin and that's what this um, LP was which is a term that means, like, a long album, like, not an EP, which is, like, usually five or six songs. Right. So the Bandit Queen is essentially an alter ego that I created because I needed, like, when I didn't feel badass in myself that I could really do this, I needed, like, that Bandit Queen to kind of, like, uplift me. And mm. sometimes just being in that character and in that mode helped me um, complete the task and feel like I was in the zone in the way that I needed to be, if that makes sense. It does. So there's it does. a music video and all of that out there uh, of that that I uh, that I produced and edited with some of my dearest friends in Nashville. I'm really proud of it. Um, it didn't it didn't really have. It was made with a small budget and it was a passion project. So there's not a whole lot of like PR or like tr- there wasn't a whole lot of promotions that went into 
into the record or releasing the record, which is like more than half of what it means to release a record. And as the music business has changed and stuff, all of that, all of the format of what matters and doesn't matter has shifted as well. So it kind of got lost in the cracks in several um, regards as far as the business goes. But I still got to make it. And I still am really proud of it, and I still got to release it out in the world, which a lot of artists don't even get that far. So. That's beautiful. That's what, well, I think what you said there is really important, too, because you could take that mentality with almost anything in life, and whether it's business-related or something personal goal or this venture in music or whatever, I mean, whenever you're going for something, if, if you're a human being... 99% of the time, you're going to have those moments of insecurity, those moments of doubt and fear and anxiety, and it's almost like you created this alter ego. It sounds like it sounds like you created this alter ego to kind of say, all right, snap out of it, put on your badass shoes, and keep moving forward. Keep going for it. Exactly, and if anybody has those moments more than I think any other person on this earth, I swear to God, it's artists. Like, mm -hmm. we just are, because you're just creating this stuff inside your own brain, you know, and it's just you by yourself, and then putting it out into the world is such a vulnerable thing, you never know what's going to happen, and it takes so much investment, your time and energy and your money, and a lot of, you know, you think about a lot of, oh, man, I could be spending my time doing this thing or this thing or this thing, but I'm choosing to spend my energy in this one life that I have to live. I'm choosing to spend it on this thing that I really believe in and I'm passionate about, and I'm going to go down in flames no matter what, you know? And so it does take a lot of courage and it takes a lot of being willing to like fall or fly and sure. be proud of whatever the result is no matter what. So sometimes an alter ego is quite beneficial. <laughs> so you said something there too, is is you, you spend all this time creating things in your head. So I will... Give us a little more insight into that. You said artists especially. Like what what are some of those doubts or feelings that you guys are typically battling? Well, I mean, that's a really big question. Um, it can be a day-to-day -day basis, just knowing if you're on the track that you should be on, if you're taking the time and energy, spending them in the right direction, on the right thing, because you can be pulled in a lot of different directions, you know, and, and you just knowing that you're on the path that you're supposed to be on, I suppose, because a lot of what, and this is entertainment industry in general, so if you talk to an actor, it's going to be a lot of the same. If you talk to a writer, it's going to be pretty similar. You spend a lot of time, like people think that they become successful overnight, and you know, there are a lot of stories and a lot of different forms of business that explain to you that actually, no, I was grinding it out like day in and day out for years and years and years on the end, and all through that season of time is really when you have to be unabashed. Uh, well, you have to have that balance between being open-minded about, am I on the right path, but not second-guessing every second, but every decision that you make so that you actually do move forward and you don't like become crippled in your own self-doubt. Does that make sense? It Did makes, I say that in a way that <laughs> makes sense in any way? It, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. And I think, again, anyone striving for something... Uh, uh, obviously in your field because your field is what you're saying too is so unique it's not your traditional hey this is not the path that people are taught to go obviously for, for obvious reasons and, and the odds are so stacked against you so it's probably constantly feeling like yes am I on the right path or should I have gone the traditional route the safe and cozy route but the thing is is that people like you that that have this talent and drive that, that cozy and traditional route's not going to make you happy by any means. 
I know, which is which is what us artists figure out if, we're, if this is what we're supposed to do. And you'll you'll hear a lot of I don't know if you've um, watched a lot of interviews of artists and things like that say things like if you have a plan B, then take it. Um, right. I, I've heard a lot of interviews of of people that I look up to say that because essentially, like it's going to require so much um, of you that if there is a plan B and you would be happy doing that, it's going to be an easier coast of a ride for you probably sure, in your life. Sure. And that is, that is a valid point. I totally understand that. But for someone like me, this is who I, I, I think that I, I, I went through a season when I had left the band and I was working on music and things like that of questioning that for a while. Like, do I want to be somebody else? Do I want to do other things? Can I be happy doing that? And what I've come to discover, and I'm, I'm now a lot more, um, comfortable in the fact that this is who I am and I'm okay with whatever happens in either direction and I do trust in my path. I trust in a higher power that's guiding me for it and I'm not spending a lot of time really questioning that as much as I used to in my mid-20s. I feel like that was like a season of time when I really needed to think hard about that Mm -hmm. and now that I've kind of committed to it, I spend less time doing that but I definitely spent a good chunk of time going like, ah, is this what I need to be doing? (laughs) <laughs> this is who I am. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of unapologetic about it at this point. And whether that means that, you know, I get to tour for a living and sing for people, whether that means I get to create and write songs behind the curtain, whether it's for TV and sync, whether it means I make a record, whether I go into another group, it doesn't matter to me as long as I get to create and use my talents and use my skills that I've honed my entire life for um, bettering and inspiring people through the musical platform, I'm fulfilled. You that's know? that's so. beautiful. That's beautifully said. So, uh, what are you working on currently? Because you have the first album that's behind you. And what what do you, what's keeping you busy now? Yeah. So um, I've been. I'm always kind of. Whenever you're in the music business, you're never just doing one thing, and you're always planting seeds in a, bu- a bunch of different directions. One of the coolest things that, and you never know what's gonna like flourish, right? You like you just plant a bunch of seeds, and then you're like, okay, cool. Well, I hope this garden looks cool. So. Um, one thing that has kind of sprung up and been a, a pleasant surprise is Reba McIntyre cut a song that I wrote. I wrote it with my girlfriend, um, Autumn McIntyre, who happens to be her niece who's been in town for forever and a songwriter and artist in her own right. Her and I wrote this song, and we wrote it in 2013, so, or 14. I'm trying to remember what the date is. But it's like, essentially, we wrote it like seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And Reba, the song was pitched to her, and she remembered it from back in the day, and she ended up cutting it um, last year, which means she recorded our song and put it as the title track of her album that she just released, and now it's up for um, Best New Country Album uh, wow, that's at, incredible. at the Grammy Awards. I'm trying to say all these terms right, but essentially, <laughs> like one of the songs that I wrote is, is the title track of a record at the Grammys. So that's been really fun because it's opened up other doors for me to be able to get in writing rooms with people and create for other different projects so I've been doing that and then I'm always developing stuff um, with opportunities where I get to create stuff with my own work and with my own artistry as well Wow that's that's incredible so I've always been curious about that the the back to the lyric or the songwriting thing that you did with Reba so will you see residuals on that song now forever or how does that work so it's that's a really good question and it's kind of a complicated time right now um, because we're we have people so there are these companies called PROs not to get all like techie and dorky about it 
but um, there are these companies called PROs. There's one in every single country across the world, and the, but there's only in America are there three. And essentially their job is to quantify all of the mechanical royalties or the ways that, like wherever the song is played. So like right now I'm in Heinen's downtown um, and there's a song playing in the speaker. So the PRO that I'm with is in charge of making sure that they they say, hey, your song played at Heinen's at 1.15 in the afternoon, and I get some sort of residual from that. And so, I, yeah, so I, I am going to get royalties and things like that. But the thing that's kind of become a problem is that now streaming has become a wide way for us all to access music, which is wonderful. Because now the format is like the, your ability to expose your art and things like that have brought, it's brought on a lot of opportunity, essentially, where you don't have to go through this small square of a whole of a label or this only only this one way can you be successful as an artist but the con of it is that the royalties um and the way that it's structured on the business end has not quite caught up to fair so Hmm. those same pros are fighting every day in washington to make sure that um that the rates are raised and that songwriters get paid what they're worth because at this current time, people aren't getting, like, you can have millions of streams on on Spotify and iTunes, and, you know, you can look up artic- articles about that, and you're getting paid, like, not even a penny on the dollar. Like, you're not getting right. paid anything that could, that could in any way bring you foods to where you could support yourself, and the amount of risk and day-in-and-day-out day out battle and belief and all these things that we've been talking about, this is what you're, you're waiting for the day that somebody cuts your song. Well, now it's to the point where now someone cuts your song and you don't get paid, so people have to find out, uh, find other ways to do that, other ways to bring in income. And no. so I, I will get some income from it, but how how much I really don't know. Um, we'll see. It'll be an experiment. <laughs> so like when Reba comes back to you guys and says, "Yes, I want to use this song," then there's what you're going into some kind of contract that gets filed with with. How does that all work? Yeah, so essentially I own, well, in my situation I am part of the publishing and then I have a publishing company that I was signed with that owns the other half and we all agree that we want her to cut the song because, you know, she's going to be able to take it to places that we wouldn't take it. I mean, she's Reeve McIntyre. It's an amazing opportunity. So then we all give her the license to cut it. And then once the song is cut once, then it can be um, recorded as many times as possible. So now that Reba has recorded and released this song, um, you could record and cut it if you wanted to. I would still get paid mechanicals and royalties on it, but you hmm. you could do that. That's Only amazing. once does the person have to be given the license. That's amazing. So so you're doing singing, you're doing songwriting constantly. Are you planning on getting back in, uh, on the road anytime soon and doing some live shows? Yeah. So um, I'm I'm just kind of I'm looking into that when it makes sense. I am actually I just put out a video with my friend Cody Ballou. He's from Arkansas, where I'm from, and we haven't really announced any of this yet, but we're working on doing little runs together because um, we both kind of come from the same, you know, the same class. We actually grew up um, singing in choir in Arkansas, and we were both top chairs in all-region and all-state choir every year, so we've known who each other was since the ninth grade, and then we both have chosen to pursue music as a career and we both have lived in Nashville and been friends and our families know each other and all of that over the years. So we have a long history together and we've been playing some music together and we've been um, working on getting some shows booked for that. But that'll be kind of down the road. Nothing's announced yet. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I'm just going to Nashville. 
I'm playing shows in Nashville. I played the Bluebird um, a couple weeks ago, which is an amazing venue. If you ever want to go to Nashville, Tennessee, again, it's like a quick 45-minute flight. Southwest one on getaway ticket, hundred dollars. It's <laughs> exactly. like the easiest thing ever. Yeah. You have to go to the Bluebird Cafe, but you have to reserve your um, ticket ahead of time because they book out pretty far. And um, the other place that I usually play in Nashville is called the Listening Room, and I, I do a lot of writers' rooms. So I'm going to be playing the Listening Room this next Tuesday. Um, and the Listening Room is another great option if you don't want to commit your whole evening to going to the Bluebird Cafe. The Listening Room is close to downtown Nashville. And you can go there, and you can see a solid show every time. So I play a lot of those shows and those gigs, and then um, hopefully this summer, again, I'm like planting a lot of seeds in a lot of different directions. So we'll see. We'll see what flourishes up. I'd love to play live more often, and we'll see if that happens. Oh, that's great. Where did you play when you came to Cleveland? Do you know the name of the place? Um, I played at the big amphitheater. Um, I'm so sorry. I kind of left what my is brain it? right now. Like uh, Nautica or uh, the Pavilion or something like that? It's like 40, it's 45 minutes outside of town. I went there this summer and watched the orchestra Oh, are you talking play. about Blossom? Yes, Blossom. Blossom. Oh, you played at Blossom. That's great. I did. I, um, I've um i opened for bands there. The, the trio that I was in, we were lucky enough to open for a bunch of different big mainstream country artists. So we opened for Brad Paisley, Lady Annabellum, um, Reba, actually. I was on tour with her as well. And then uh, Rascal Flatts. So... Between wow, one incredible. of those tours, I was I was at Blossom, and then we've also played at the um, the House of Blues downtown before. And then Dusty Armadillo is not in Cleveland, but it's it's towards Akron, I believe. I'm really bad at geography, but do you know do you know the venue Dusty Armadillo? Yes, I'm somewhat familiar with it. So they are like that venue. The radio stations around here they couple with that venue, and some of the best country music fans go to that venue and yes. watch shows and so I've had some of my favorite show memories in that in that dive bar it's that's where really you go fun. that's where you go do the line dancing right there hasn't been line dancing when I've been there oh, but okay. I, uh, now I know I need to go <laughs> back and do that I could be totally making that up but uh yeah <laughs> I've, I've heard of the dusty armadillo of course um but blast no, I've heard of it. I don't think I've been there. I've been to something similar to it that had line dancing. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not oh, cool. sure. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I have a couple of venues that I'd love to um, visit here that I haven't gotten a chance to yet. I, I've heard Brothers Lounge is super cool in Cleveland. Have you ever gone there? Brothers Lounge? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not familiar with that. Okay, cool. Well, somebody told me that that was like a really cool venue. So I've been like talking to my husband about how we need to go out there and and check that place out but there's a lot of amazing music in this city um we've we've listened to the orchestra a couple different times and we really love that i went to a so far sound show sure there's some really great so far sound concerts going on around in the city and i have a lot more to learn about what's going on in in cleveland proper and yeah how long have you been here for now we've officially been here since march oh okay Um, so about a year again i've been i've been in and out of town a ton so I really try to optimize my time and do all the Cleveland things I can while we're here. Sure. Yeah, you know, I should introduce you to, uh, I don't know if you know her at all, Leanne Summers. She was just on my podcast recently. She's one of the disc jockeys on uh, on-air personalities for 99.5 WGAR. That's the big country oh, cool. music channel here in Cleveland. So yeah. uh, it probably wouldn't hurt to uh, make the introduction to you guys. Yeah, I'm wondering if I need to, I'm like such a, 
It's embarrassing. I'm such a, a face person. Le- Does she have pink hair? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, but you never know, right? Okay, well, there's, there's an amazing DJ in, in this area that works for a, a radio station, and she's it she's could be. Care. It could and be. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd love, we I'd just love did, to. Be she here. just That's came on and did a podcast. Um, they're in the process of doing an international adoption. They're adopting a child from South America. It's literally happening as we speak right now. They're oh in my South gosh, America, that's uh, Colombia, and uh, yeah. So she should be coming back in the next week or two. But uh, we'll, we'll keep that on. We'll keep that on the table. Um, I, I think that'd be. I think that'd be great for you for both of you guys actually. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, so, well, listen, it obviously sounds like you're, you're staying busy. You know, I'm curious. You kind of teased us. Is your husband in this industry or something totally different? He's not. Um, since, we've been together for a really long time. So he's, he's actually been in a lot of different industries over the years throughout our relationship. But he sells technology now. So mm. totally different world. But he is one of the biggest music lovers I've ever met. Um, and he, <laughs> is the, he shows me all the best music that's come out. Like, he's constantly listening to music and showing me cool bands and things like that so he's tone deaf like as, as I'll get out but <laughs> he's a, he sings anyway and loves to play the guitar and he's our little at home musician in our house so nice very nice and he's my biggest support system in the world but we're really lucky to have found each other oh that's huge that's huge and I and I see that you're in, into health and wellness and fitness as well correct I am yeah um, what, what I exactly a sick mom um, when I was a kid, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, but she was undiagnosed for seven years. And as a result, and, and, and along with my own kind of journey, going from a, a super small town farm to the big city and having to stay, when you're a musician, you you being healthy is, is your job in a, in a lot of regards. You know, if you're a vocalist, your instrument's inside your body. And so mm-hmm. all that knowledge and power I could learn that didn't have to do with taking a prescription that had a lot of residual negative effects was an empowering thing for me to learn. So um, I've been passionate about health and wellness for a really long time. And one of the things that I always, I will always enjoy doing and always love doing is Pilates. So um, I, I teach uh, Pilates on the side here in Cleveland at a studio downtown called Cal- Cali's Pilates. It's C-A-L-L-I-E. Yes, and it's with the reformer. They look like torture chambers. I don't know if you've ever looked it up, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's essentially it's one of the most um, effective ways to keep yourself healthy and rebalanced and out of pain or reverse pain. And it's one of the most amazing ways I've ever found that heals and helps people. And I love being a part of that process and a part of that community and that conversation. And on top of that, I'm super passionate about women's health in general. So. Um, I learned a lot of stuff through getting my Pilates certification about the health of my own body as a woman mm-hmm. that I felt like should be a right for every woman to know. I felt like, okay, so I'm lucky enough to have been born in a very supportive middle-class family with a mother who was a nurse, like super, like super communicative about girl stuff. And I was lucky enough, you know, I'm in, I'm in America, I'm born in an America and a first world country and I was lucky enough to get to go to college and have a college degree and I didn't know this basic information about my body and the things that I should expect from the different changes throughout my life or making a baby or not having a baby at all like it doesn't matter what all of that is it just it just felt like information that I feel like every woman has the right to know yes. so I, I never really had time before but I always wanted to until we moved to Cleveland 
I went to Chicago and got my pre and postnatal specialty certification at this institute. Um, it's, it's the top place to get a, a specialty Pilates certification in the country. Um, I got to do that right when we moved here, which was super fun. And so I always love being a, bar, a part of that conversation as well. I know it kind of seems like it's a it's a left field thing for being a singer songwriter, um, but to me, it's all very much connected and helps me live a full and balanced life. You know? Oh, for sure, so. for sure. I don't think it's left field at all. I think it's part of the, especially <laughs> especially if you want to stay vi- like you said, vibrant, and you're always on the road. You, you want to feel good about yourself. It clearly yeah, has like a direct being on the impact. road kicks your ass. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, I, it does. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine what that what that's got to be like. Uh, but what exactly does Pil- I mean, I know a little bit about it, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that aren't exactly sure because um, those big tables that you're working on, it's hard to understand. What what muscles are being worked in Pilates? Yeah, that's a really good question. Essentially, the idea of Pilates is to rebalance the body. So um, it was it was made um, only to be in private sessions. So at being in a class session, it's usually a pretty small session, even if it's in a class session. It's a more modern idea. So in classes, you base it, you base a lot of the exercises and moves around the degenerative um, things that happen commonly between people that live in the Western society. So we do a lot of sitting. We do a lot of um, looking down at our phones and things like that. So it's helping correct posture in all of those ways and help activate muscles that have gone to sleep. And most of the time, that's going to be in the posterior chain of the body, so the backside of the body. So mm. lots of glute and hamstring work, lots of core connection in all the different levels of your core. You have lots of different parts of your core. You have your transverse abdominis, which is that inner lining of your body that holds your guts in and also keeps your spine long. You know, I didn't even know how to activate that part of my body until I started doing Pilates. Then there's your rectus abdominis that is in charge of flexion, helps you sit up, and that's your six pack. And then your obliques, that's essentially like the three major parts if we're not getting too like geeky about it. But helping differentiate between all three of those, helping make sure that all the muscles in your arms are working and firing, essentially throughout the entire body, you want all your muscles to be both long and strong and firing when they should in your normal everyday life. So the Pilates exercises are centered around mind-body connection and helping you like get to that point where you can go do the things you want to do with your life because you went and did this intentional work in Pilates. So if you and if you enjoy doing activities, so let's say you like to play golf, a lot of guys come in and they do Pilates and then they end, and then all of a sudden their golf swing is better because their body's more balanced and they're activating and using muscles they didn't use before, and sure. so their body is more efficient in their movement. Mm-hmm. So Makes a lot like of sense. if you like kickboxing, if you like you know it doesn't matter what you like to do, you're going to be able to do it a lot better if you do Pilates. You heard it there, guys. Go to Callie's if you want to take class with the Bandit Queen herself. Go sign <laughs> up. Go sign up now. Uh, where it's can, really fun. I, I'm sure it is. Where can people find you on social? Yeah, so um, I've got well, – I'm not as great at Snapchat, but I've got Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can just do at Hannah Blaylock. Um, you can also go to my website, www.hannahblaylock.com. It's got links to all that stuff. So, yeah, come Fantastic. say hi. Fantastic. I'm on social media. I'm, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> <laughs> you look pretty good at it. I, I, I like the videos. I like the videos you've been posting. Um, Thank and you. we'll it's link everything. We will link everything up, Hannah, in the show notes so uh, people will be able to get to it. 
And um, well, listen, it sounds like you're on your way to uh, continued successes. Obviously, you're rubbing shoulders with some big name stars in, in, in country music. And uh, wishing you nothing but the best. Have fun here in Cleveland. Maybe we'll bump into each other sometime. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I love the things that you talk about. I feel like you talk about things that um, are the underlying factor of why people are vital in their life and are living their life to the fullest. And it's a really fun conversation to get to listen to. So I'm honored to thank be you, thank on you. one of your episodes. Thank you so much. We will post it here today. And uh, go enjoy your salad bar at uh, Heinen's. I will. It's one of my favorites. Exactly. And I get to look at one of the prettiest murals in town. Yes, you do. And it's a grocery store. Yes, you do. do. (laughs) Thank you so much. We'll stay in touch. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye. All right, bye-bye.